This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Surrey Memorial Hospital, to be specific, where doctors at Surrey Memorial say the province has two choices, basically. Either they hire more staff in the emergency room or they shut down the ER to new patients. Dr. Urbane Ipp is a doctor at Surrey, Surrey Memorial, and he described the situation this way. I want Fraser Health, the leadership, be transparent with the public and say, look, we do have trouble. We understand that we are doing our best. Be patient with us. If my family gets sick, I know if I send them to the hospital and they need to be admitted to hospital, there might not be anybody to take care of them for the first 48 to 72 hours because of the hospital's shortage. And what the doctors want is all in a letter from the Medical Staff Association at Surrey Memorial addressed to the Fraser Health CEO, Dr. Victoria Lee, Health Minister Adrian Dix, and other leaders. They say an ongoing shortage of house doctors has made it increasingly difficult, if not impossible, for doctors to give patients the level of care they need. And Dr. Rupjeet Kalan is the president of the Medical Staff Association at Surrey Memorial Hospital. And uh, Dr. Kalan is uh, here now. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you, Martin. It's a pleasure to talk with you this afternoon. Right. So, so, I mean, in your words, how bad is the situation in the ER? Describe the challenges that you're facing. Yeah, so, you know, as you alluded to in the opening there, Dr. Urbane Ip, who is an emergency room physician at Surrey Memorial Hospital, uh, outlined the issue quite, quite well. You basically have an emergency department seeing the highest volume per day of patients flowing through it within the province and second highest in uh, North America. And you have a critical shortage of uh, house doctors or hospitalist physicians. And the way that it works in the emergency department is the ER physician is supposed to see the emergent and urgent patients coming through the waiting room, diagnose, um, identify the admitting service, and then hand off that patient. And then that patient's care is supposed to be assumed by uh, an admitting service such as a hospitalist. And that's the part that is lacking right now. So what's happening is the patients are flowing through. They are being seen uh, by the emergency room physician, but then there's a gap in care, which can extend to as much as 48 hours, uh, which is really the critical period uh, where clinical status can change. And you really do need um, timely assessment by a house doctor. And furthermore, because there's that gap and that lack, the ER physicians uh, are having to shoulder that responsibility, which then leaves them unable to timely see the patients flowing through the emergency department. So this is just not a question of waiting times. This is also the quality of care that the people who are getting through are getting. Exactly. Um, You know, when you've got a situation where you don't have uh, enough physicians, um, they have to work faster to look after more patients in a a timely fashion. And that is going to compromise the quality of care, 
per patient. Um, and that extends not only to physicians, but to all of the allied health professionals that go into looking after a patient, from nursing staff, physiotherapists, occupational therapists, pharmacy, everyone is that's involved in the patient's care. When there's a shortage, each one who is available has to do extra duty, and that's going to compromise the quality of care that a patient is receiving. Right. Is it mostly a shortage of house doctors, or is it equal among nurses and other other health workers? Yeah, so it's, you know, it's important to talk about that because right now the focus is on the hospitalist service, uh, and, and that's a fair focus right now because it, that's an immediate requirement. But there are shortages uh, across all of the allied health professionals, physicians, hospitalists, nurses, um, the allied health professionals, the technicians, the unit clerk, everyone that functions in that hospital plays a role in patient care, and there are shortages across all of those services. Right. So it doesn't seem like the government has been all that transparent through this. You sent this letter mid-May, and uh, it was only started to be talked about because uh, the media discovered it. But uh, how do you feel the government has you know, reacted uh, to the letter? Yeah, and that was part of the the focus or the goal of the letter is we feel that there hasn't been transparency uh, from the leadership, both at Fraser Health and the Ministry of Health, in really sort of, for lack of a better word, advertising to the public the actual state of affairs in their hospital. Um, and it's, it's about managing expectations. So when they neglected to do that, what it does is it places the onus on the frontline healthcare worker to account for the substandard of care that is being provided. And it doesn't allow accountability for the system level factors, the system deficiencies that are contributing to that substandard care. So, you know, we felt that because there had been that silence on their part, we as physicians owe a duty to our patients and to the public to advocate for their rights and to inform them to, to, the, to the crisis playing out and help manage some of the expectations. Right. So is it as simple as just hire more doctors? Uh, you know, that's part of the problem, the human resource component. There's definitely a huge deficit in the human resource component in our healthcare system, especially south of the Fraser. Um, that's an important component, but it's not the entire story. The, mm-hmm. the deficiencies are many and they're multifactorial. Um, you know, recently on, on the news, we've heard about the lack of the ability of Surrey Memorial Hospital to manage the three leading causes of death. We do not have a cath lab at Surrey Memorial Hospital. We don't have adequate interventional radiology capabilities at Surrey Memorial Hospital. And I could go on and on. The list is long and it is a multifactorial um, problem with deficiencies across multiple areas. And before I let you go, as the president of the Medical Staff Association at Surrey Memorial, um, how does it feel to possibly have to shut down the ER to new patients to you as a, as a, as a doctor? Yeah, and, and I think that's an important question, and I'm glad that you asked it. You know, we don't ask this lightly. It is heartbreaking for us to tell the public, hey, this is your public hospital, but it cannot serve your needs. This is a decision that was not taken lightly, but 
what is happening if you continue to keep it open and allow patients to flow in is you're creating an illusion of care. And what it does is, again, it places the onus on the individual frontline healthcare worker to account for the deficiencies, provides an illusion to the public that all is normal at Surrey Memorial Hospital and you are going to receive excellent care when you get there and allows the 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 health authority and the ministry of health sort of to not really be held accountable for for letting the public know that's just not the case so we don't take this decision lightly but we we are at a point where we feel like we have no other choice if the volume continues to flow in it is going to result in you know physician burnouts and even more exodus uh, of uh, healthcare workers from our hospitals Right. And are you happy with the communication with the government at this point, today and yesterday? So, you know, I I had an opportunity to listen to uh, Minister Adrian Dix's response. Um, Our frustration is that they are general sort of facts that Minister Dix sort of reports each time. But there hasn't really been that granular specific communication regarding the the level of the crisis, the level of system failures that have contributed to it, to really be as transparent as possible and take ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really all we're asking for. Take ownership that there are system level deficiencies, that the care is, is substandard. It isn't business as usual at Surrey Memorial Hospital. So to date, we have been disappointed by by the response. Well, thank you so much, Doctor. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me on.